0: A a, a meme is funny partially because it's a it's a distraction that's marketed as a pure distraction and it's like, you know, you could be, you know, there's no other reason to do to like participate in this distraction other than to be distracted.
1: What's up, guys? I'm Matt Galetta from Warrior Republic. Welcome to the Warrior Within podcast, where we talk to up-and-coming MMA fighters, we talk to famous fighters, and competitive grapplers. And with us today is Andre Allen, and he is the Warrior Within, also known as the Allen Wrench. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing great, guys. Uh, You know, I am an up-and-coming fighter. I'm a blue belt with no real accomplishments yet, but... (laughs) definitely the future of at some point let
1: me tell you everybody sleeps on blue belts man you know blue belts are dangerous
0: yes we lurk we lurk in the shadows <laughs> we don't know what's coming
1: i mean like it's not long before you're gonna be a purple man and then like you know that's the thing about jiu-jitsu like even though i've, I've most of my uh experience i'm one of those dudes that never had enough money to do jiu-jitsu and i wrestled yeah. And I was always known as, like, the jiu-jitsu kid on the wrestling team because I'd be doing arm bars and stuff that I learned from these videos. So, And we're talking, like, 2005 or six. So anyway, um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of all that stuff, but I'm not really, like, formally ranked like you. So it's funny when people do jiu-jitsu and they're a blue belt because it's not that long to hit purple. And once you hit purple, it's a lifestyle. Like, you're not really going to drop the sport, I think, after that.
0: Yes, definitely. Unless something personal happens, you know, you get, a lot of people drop the sport when they have a kid, you know. That'll happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For I, sure. I was definitely um my intro to jiu-jitsu was like tenth planet youtube videos, so I was like hitting those moves in the wrestling room, whenever <laughs> I could.
1: You know that's the thing when it's I saw like you. Us. I was like this kid's doing so many leg locks and then I scroll down and I'm seeing truck, like you're just trucking people.
0: Yes. Yes. The truck. That that was like the first thing I ever uh, saw in jujitsu. It was so weird to me that hmm. that was like a real position and I got obsessed with it.
1: You know, that's I never
0: I don't think I ever got really good at it because I didn't really Um, I didn't have time to like study it properly. There's a lot that goes into the truck and like a lot of people just kind of take the back from there, which I think is smart. So I don't really know. Uh, I don't know the whole like truck system, but I, I love I love the position. It's so cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there's a plethora of, of, like, there's toe holds there. You know, you can – most people, the split thing doesn't work. You know, you can yeah. even make the, the – the like, there's a DEF CON 5 of making that, like, uh, that toe hold lock. And then you have this twister from there. You ever do twister from there?
0: Um, yeah, in the training room. I never have hit, hit that in a competition um, before. I usually like to take the back in the competitions because I, I like arm bars, so – Oh, arms.
1: beautiful. Yeah, transition right to that.
0: Yeah. The truck, it's kind of like um, it helps to be really long too, have like long legs. I don't really have those. Um, but, yeah, I, I I do love it in the training room, at least. I've yet to hit a truck roll in a competition.
1: Maybe you'll get it one day because I'm seeing you get, you're doing it pretty good.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: What uh, division are you competing in, like weight class? It's heavyweight.
0: 200 pounds. I'm, I'm 200 pounds like on the dot but pretty much walking around so i I don't like to drop to 185 or 190 um and i try to only compete like for free so i yeah i can 200 pounds
1: so like the last competition you won you were competing 200 pounds correct
0: yes 205 at uh at um tap cancer out that was on uh saturday congrats man
1: yeah that was awesome that was really cool
0: Thank you, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a cool match. The kid was, like, jacked, so it was, it was hard to keep my guard up against him.
1: Hmm. Did you ever see him, like, do competitions before? Because I saw you had, like, about a month to, like, know who he was and look at him and stuff.
0: No, mm-hmm. uh, we, were, we were competing at Grappling Industries the same day, but I, I didn't really get a chance to, like, like look at his style. Um, Are you a guy ready...
1: that does that? Are you a guy that looks into people's, like, videos before they go and fight?
0: yeah very nervously like in the bracket i'll like look up people on instagram and see what they're about to do but i, I don't i don't think that's like a great strategy really because <laughs> you, know? you could be w- watching out for what they're gonna do from their instagram and then they go for something else you know and then you're not ready so it's you know very true you gotta look within i think
1: so your 10th planet you did 10th jiu-jitsu early right i mean yes. i'm seeing that
0: No, that was, uh, that was like after I got my blue belt. So I got my blue belt in the gi, um, through Uh Jiu Jitsu Academy. Uh, my coach Lucas, uh, Rabello promoted me to blue belt when I was training in the gi over there. And then I was, so yeah, that was, um, when I was living in Japan and then I came back to the States in 2019. And then I started training under Gio Martinez. Oh, wow.
1: That's sick. Right now you still are.
0: No, no, I I went there for ten months, and I just moved home to Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, that's that's
1: really interesting. All right, we got it, we got it, we got to uncover. There's too much unbag here. So you went to Japan, and then you got a blue belt in Japan. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's 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 fucking cool.
0: Yeah, well, it was through like a you know uh, American sort of Brazilian uh, team. It was just a chapter over there, you know. Everyone in the gym spoke English and stuff. I did train at a (laughs) okay. um, at an all Japanese gym where nobody spoke any English. And that was pretty easy actually. Cause it's, you're just kind of like looking at the move and um, you don't really need to hear what they're saying to just, you know, look at the move, you know, mm. and do it for yourself, that was pretty cool. to just have like silent, uh, jujitsu basically. Like I didn't communicate with anybody except for one guy in the gym who spoke English, but when I'm rolling and like people, you know, we're kind of asking each other about the positions by pointing, and that was that was very interesting. You know, you could kind of speak just using jujitsu. Yeah, wow. it's a language
1: everyone in the room That's understands. Stupid. Yeah, it's universal language right there. Yeah.
0: It's like uh, Katie Heron in the movie Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: loves math
0: because it's the same in every language. So I feel. Yeah. That.
1: Right, right. That is true. They do say that about math.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the other thing, like why I wanted to have you on, let's get to some of the nitty gritty for me anyway. Like I think it's pretty cool. You do these uh, you do these online challenges, you do the Instagram challenges? Tell me about that.
0: Beef. It's like beef without beef. It's beef for the sake of itself. It's uh, it's just like just um, you know, if anybody wants like a challenge match, they could just tell me and I'll I'll make it happen for free. You know, I have really cool coaches and um I I can always find them at. Or you know we could find him out over there, if if I can't. But yeah, it was it's really cool. I've done it uh, twice now, with um, two really cool guys who were up for it. I had a I had a purple belt challenge me, who was like 10 pounds less than me. That was a cool sort of even fight. And then I had the only guy who was next in line was a white belt who was uh, like 145 pounds, and that was probably a way more fun match because it's just like you know all right yeah you know uh, i say i'll take anybody so you you know (laughs) you know i had a 10 minute match with a white belt uh who i had like 50 pounds on and it was actually a pretty interesting match you know both both tried to be super technical oh so
1: he was pretty technical for a white belt
0: yeah yeah and I, i tried to be really technical i didn't want to just smash somebody in the ribs or you know jump on their knees or whatever if they're willing to take, like, a match with me like that. So it, the match is, is, was was pretty cool, little exchanges of, you know, sweeps and guards and all that cool stuff, you know?
1: So how'd this start? Did somebody just talk shit? Because that's a ballsy white belt, by the way. That guy's, like, yeah, 50 pounds. It, <laughs> it all started with this
0: guy who I have yet to compete against. Uh, his name's Jay Jitsu on Instagram. Oh. We have long-running beef where he, like, called me out on my, you know, my guard is trash and my leg locks don't work. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy. I've met him at uh, Graveling Industries, but I'm still trying to make this match happen. I don't know why he hasn't, uh, you know, he, he has he has kids and stuff, so he, he um, you know, he he needs to find the time, I guess. But he's saying we're, we're going to make it happen by December. But this is a big running thing with my followers and him. You know, Josh LaDuke and, uh, you know, Quentin Rosenzweig, and Ken Peters, I think they all got in the comments and started like trashing the guy for some reason. Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you don't know. Like you're a, you're this and that. And then like Jay came back and he was like, I'm kidding. It was a joke. Kent, I love you. I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, "Ken, he's kidding. And it was like, yeah, so there's no real beef. It's just, you know, it's, it's just it's just beef for the sake of beef, you know.
1: That's cool, man. That's cool. It shows there's yeah, not really cool. too much animosity in the jujitsu community. I mean, there is, but like, you know, because honestly, with the challenges, I thought it was just someone like you, fucking trash, bro. <laughs> Fuck you. You're a faggot. I could take you. I thought it was shit like that.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, no, we Jay and I were going back and forth like that all the time. We were like, I was, I was shitting on him for being a fisher, you know, and just you know, being a boomer in general, you know, <laughs> immersing himself in in fishing and hunting instead of you know, the pleasures that await him in his own mind, you know, (laughs) that's kind of a funny thing. Um, I think that's what people miss about boomers is they basically travel and, and, you know, participate in activities that don't grow them at all inside of themselves. And they kind of just miss their own lives, you know? Right. Baby boomers. You're talking
1: about baby boomers for for people that are too, too much of millennials. We're talking about your mommies and daddies. All right
0: exactly they 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 progress through life by gaining material things and at the end of their life they try to impart wisdom when they haven't made any progress to to attain wisdom you know it's, it's kind of funny you know so i just attacked him with with that kind of uh sentiment i am a zoomer i am from you know I was born in 1997 i'm pretty sure I'm an honorary zoomer at least
1: <laughs> i think you you yes I think so
0: if, if I'm a millennial then i would like to spend my whole life trying to become a zoomer
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think that whole definition was skewed because i saw the uh, internet like changed it because millennial was like a different year and then they changed it and lumped it like 20 something years or more so i yeah uh, i don't follow myself as a millennial either if you don't know what a vhs tape was to put that shit in or you don't know some of the stuff what it was like with american online you're you're, you're mm-hmm. not in the same generation
0: I did put the VHS tapes in. I remember watching Rugrats on an orange colored VHS tape. That's right. That's right. The the tape was orange. It wasn't just a the label. They made the whole tape orange for the Rugrats.
1: They should just have that as a definition. They show the Rugrats tape. It's orange. Like you recognize this, that's your gen. Yeah. I think I might be a millennial, but yeah.
0: But if if anything's for sure, it's that Jay Jitsu is a boomer and he needs to fight me. <laughs>
1: jitsu, come out bro what's going me on man
0: Building the promises
1: yeah come on we want to see it man come on i know man. it's the holidays people people be getting on the way but we want to see that action maybe 2021
0: exactly, exactly.
1: so what man. other challenges tell me about another one what other challenges do you have aside uh, hmm. from that
0: none none nobody's in line so the line is open for any challenges it's gonna there be fun go.
1: boom do you yeah. hear that people so you can go to the internet. Alan Wrench. We, if you want to challenge this man, go on Instagram. He's all open for that. Show. I have
0: a Enzo Gracie black belt, actually, who is trying to put something together between us. But So that would be an awesome match. But he's he lives very far away. So, I, you know, that's that's like if if I ever go over to where he lives, then I'll go
1: there. I'm sure you train with black belts, but have you ever done any competitions, open competitions with black belts?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've – yeah, well in uh like you know in the grappling industries and like Naga you fight black belt sometimes. So you know.
1: Yeah, you won a Naga not too long ago, correct? Yes. That wasn't your how was that experience? That was awesome, right? Five submissions yeah, one day? Pretty,
0: that was pretty cool. It was um it was a little bit weird because I've I've always been competing like advanced Naga and advanced grappling industries. Um and like my coach geo he told me at one point like you shouldn't compete up because like you're not going to ADCC either way you know you're not the best in the world just because you're competing up And it's better to experience a competition you know trying to compete with people your own level so I totally um had a lot of resistance to that because I kind of like think of my jiu-jitsu very highly or like probably have more like self-confidence than I should with my own jiu which which still needs a lot of work so like I really, really absorbed that, and i I went back down to intermediate with like the blue and the purple belts, and um my first intermediate competition I won gold and silver in the in the in the absolute, and then I came home, and my first competition was intermediate naga, and then I won double gold, so like that was the point where oh, wow. I'm like, oh, okay, now I can go to the advanced division, I can come back to the advanced division, I'm totally ready, and uh yeah, I feel good about. You know, making that journey, it, it reminded me when I was in Japan, um I was a white belt like forever. And I was like, why aren't I a blue belt? This sucks. And my very first competition, I got silver and gold in my own division. But like right before I got promoted to blue belt, I got like double gold in the white belt gi division. So I was so happy and uh, I was so happy. That that's like my last thing I did as a white belt It's kind of like ready to move up, you know? Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah.
1: So you went to yeah, California too, right? You said you trained there, so tell me about that.
0: Um so right
1: after Japan, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. Training under Geo was man, that was like the most like physically active gym I've ever been at. Um it was like a real like sport team. I have like nothing but good things to say about it. Ten Planet Oceanside. It was it was it was awesome there. Huge mat and there's like plenty of room to roll and Like it's surreal when you get in there. There's probably other gyms where they have this experience, but it's like a hot box. It's like a hot box of sweat. Like they close all the doors. You're not allowed to turn the fan on during practice, and the whole room is black. So you see white fog, in you know at 8 p.m. and you know (laughs) white fog is coming off of everybody's bodies and like hot boxing the room. You see the put your hand up and you see you see your your steam coming off of your skin. It's, it's so awesome. It's really, really, like, not like any other gym i trained at. <laughs>
1: wow. That's, that's, that's a, freaking unique.
0: Yeah, I spent 10 months there, and I that was probably where I got to do a lot of leg locks on, like, well, first of all, I, I wasn't able to do heel hooks in Japan. Like, they don't have any real leagues in uh, Okinawa, where I was living, that allow heel hooks. Oh, that's so,
1: interesting. In Okinawa? Yeah. Oh, wow. You really stayed in the homeland with the, even karate and stuff.
0: Uh, yeah I didn't that wasn't for me but uh I was um,
1: You're heel hooking all the karate black belts
0: n- no no man it was like uh, I I didn't I wasn't able to do heel hooks oh, right, like right. even in, in training like even in practice like we just practiced in the gi all day because that's all they had was gi jiu-jitsu so um wow. I did one submission grappling match uh in Japan and I got I lost to an ankle lock um Daniel Reed from uh Kaohsiung BJJ in China he like Sorry I think I think like Taiwan, I don't think that's really Hong Kong, yeah, so okay. um, I'm probably still wrong, but he he like <laughs> unblocked me, I felt like my leg was gonna explode, so uh you know I it definitely the gi Jiu-Jitsu didn't go into the nogi very well that was when i was a that was when I was a white belt still, so. but when I came to America. You have heel hooks allowed, and, you know, I jump into this 10th planet gym. You know, I've been, like, idolizing Gio Martinez my whole life. I've been looking up to this guy, and now I get to, like, roll with him every night. And I, I get to do heel hooks and learn how to do them right. That was, like, a huge, huge difference, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, that's cool as hell, man. Yeah. So what led you to go to Japan in the first place? you out work out there? I got to ask that question.
0: Uh Yeah, I was in the military for, for a while. I, I just got out. So Oh, that's cool yeah so
1: what you can kill somebody with like uh you know a plastic butter knife and that stuff
0: no no it was just you know not most of it was just a nine to five you know like you wake up and you go to work and then you take the uniform off and you go you know you you, you go do your off time you know nothing crazy
1: dope dude and your off time was i'm gonna learn jujitsu and strangle people
0: yes. yes and a lot of people in the military their off time consists of spending all their money on like alcohol um you know because that's kind of some of the culture and then a lot of people just stay in their room and play video games which uh doesn't cost a lot of money but i I think it still is uh you're you're not really growing you know and Mm -hmm. um when i was in japan i spent a lot of time playing like video games and that that totally was like i realized that that like wasn't cool you know because i'm like oh there's no jujitsu practice tonight so i might as well play video games but like no you can go to the gym you know right or go go get a stretch on you know
1: hey i love video games as much as the next 14 year old but you know you're right at a certain point you're not really doing shit and japan has a very high gaming culture oh yeah japan you're in like the core of gaming culture
0: oh not okinawa that's very very uh like naturey over there it's Um, a jungle whoa it's a total jungle that's rural yeah yeah, yeah, rural. And like the climate there is technically tropical rainforest. And if you like get out of the city it's just a thick, like jungle. Wow. And it's hot too. It's super hot.
1: So that's like totally even a unique culture in Japan. So what's the Okinawan culture like? Would you see that you experience?
0: Um, it's like it's pretty interesting. Like, um you have uh you have like one story buildings for the most part, if unless you're like right in the center of business, um there's like I think I saw one building that was like multiple stories like higher than three stories and it was like this uh, sort of mall that you have. And even the mall is kinda like a ghost down, like there's nothing really to buy there. Wow. It's mostly like office it's like it's like oh the the, the Okinawa Mall and like you have like you have like office spaces in there. Um <laughs> That like, like next to the stores that don't really do anything. Like no, nothing's very attractive over
1: there. Yeah, what what so. like a boring working culture? Yeah. You got like office <laughs> spaces in the mall.
0: Called, I think there was a place called Kintown and it was like really, really cool over there. And they had a bunch of stuff and there was like amusement rides. I think, I think I'm thinking of Kintown, but. Okay. Yeah. I never, I never really went anywhere. I just tried to get in the gym as much as possible.
1: Mm. I guess I'm going to yeah. ask you your next question. So we're talking about gym muscles fucking powerlifting, right so first tell me about that and then i'm going to ask you about conditioning in jiu-jitsu how you think that actually no, that, is important
0: that was about uh chris scott that was my opponent that they were talking about he does power yeah he's the powerlifting wrestler guy you know
1: okay i was actually listening to that commentary on the instagram and i thought it would talk about you yeah i'll, my I'll bad. take it, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so you do know jim like like what do you do when you work out you don't what's your conditioning for strength like in jiu-jitsu
0: I think, um, so like, I just roll, I just love rolling so much and I don't like drilling. Nobody does. Um, so rolling is how I say moving, I guess, but, uh, I, I really want to break just like conditioning gap for me. Cause I can roll like three times a day, 10 planet Oceanside, side. I was doing a lot of rolling at one point and, um, you know, I'm still like not really as strong as I want to be. And I, you know, I, I got some weight to lose, like even now. So, you know, I, I want to get in the gym and do like solo work you know, when I'm not rolling. And, uh, right now I'm just getting in the gym and moving. Like, I'm not even trying to like put up weight or whatever. Like I'm, I'm like picking up very medium dumbbells and, you know, doing air squats and doing pushups and sit-ups and V-ups. And that that's kind of what I'm doing now. I don't want to get too like complicated and in my own head. Cause, uh, when I try to like lift very precisely, like three thirty 30 sets of, you know, five sets of 30 pounds or whatever, it's like, I do like three and then I, I look at my phone to count the thing and then I, just, well, what am I going to do next? And like by that time, my arms just hurt and I'm like, oh, shit, it's been a long time. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> so, yeah, like the mental aspect of going to the gym, I think I really need to overcome that. I'm going to start like, right. I understand why people write notes, you know, but I'm, I'm very new to the gym. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm hoping to find like a gym buddy or some more seasoned uh, athlete to help help me help me work out better.
1: Yeah. Cause I saw the one post, it was our story. You're like ego lifting and like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always. ego. I stay ego lifting.
1: What does that I mean? Ego...
0: Well, um, it's like, you, you know how you have like a runner's high. Okay. Yes. It's like, um, there's, there's definitely like, like descending to your sort of like, you know, I don't know. I think it helps to be very arrogant when you're in the gym. Um, you know and l- you like look at yourself in the mirror if you if you look good in the mirror while you're exercising it really motivates you to to keep exercising and it makes you feel positive about yourself so like i'll, I'll look in the mirror when i when to exercise and like try to like think my biceps are maybe bigger than they are or, or whatever but uh yeah yeah and just you know just knowing thinking to yourself that you're like really in there to make progress and that you're doing something good by showing up to the gym and you know you're not you're not just doing this cuz you have nothing better to do you're doing it to make your own life better you know that's that's kind of it really helps when, when you're in there so i i think that's what ego lifting is <laughs> no no you know what ego lifting is sorry it's like you put up like crazy weight that you're capable of lifting but doesn't actually help you get stronger <laughs> okay you'll you'll get you'll get closer to a one rep max than than people who actually like have a good idea of what progress looks like. And <laughs> oh, so like yeah. they'll, they'll put up crazy weight and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll just do it wrong, but they're it's fine to them because they know that they can put it up. I think that's what ego lifting actually is. But... Oh,
1: that's really funny, man.
0: Yeah. I think you can ego lift effectively.
1: So you're just saying like, basically you, cause it's interesting. You, that guy's a power lifter. That didn't mean shit with jujitsu. You're just saying all your shit's from rolling. It's just all rolling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he like he like smashed through me, man. He he passed my guard and out to me and stuff. I I got the leg lock, but uh, strength like matters definitely if if stuff happens quick. But um, you you know, strength and endurance I think really come from come from rolling. So like somebody could really smash you for like five minutes in a row, but then the strength kind of starts to die down after that point. That's why that's why I like rolling for like longer periods of time, I think that I can go without tapping and people will kind of get tired and, and we'll be sort of, you know, both doing technical stuff at that point. So yeah. I, I do the challenge matches. They're, they're 20 minutes long. That's, that's my idea is 20 minutes and I can't, I can't last 20 minutes effectively, but I think it's like, I, I think it's better to like, kind of like let the jujitsu come out after both people sort of warm up in the match. And then, you know, the strength dies down a little bit and you can sort of slowly, go through the technical stuff. I, I just love that.
1: Right. Because you basically, you know, then you're so tired. It's like all skill from that point.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like in the roles, I like all the best roles that I have are like at the end of practice, not at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Cause you're all warmed up. Right. And you're just feeling good.
0: Oh yeah. And, and you're tired and you, you have, you know, real problems to overcome. Like you can't just really keep somebody off of you forever. And like, you know, that's when you get more vulnerable. And you have to work out like bad positions if you're not already doing that, you know?
1: hundred mm-hmm, yeah. percent. How many times do you compete by the way? Cause you're very frequent at competing. So um,
0: I'll compete as much as I can. Um, I really don't have a lot of money right now. So I'm trying to compete only for free. I have the grappling industries, lifetime membership, which is, which is great. Uh, you know, that, that'll help me until I'm a brown belt. And
1: How's help- that work out? I don't know about that. Tell people, you, can don't go, know.
0: Buy, you go ask them to buy a membership and they'll give you a lifetime membership and a code that goes lifetime
1: lifetime membership.
0: Yes. Wow. But it's a little bit like, like if you're a brown belt, you already compete for free brown and black belts compete for free at grappling industries. So uh. it's, you know, it, it's, it's worth as much until you're a purple belt or until you're brown belt, but yeah, I'm going to be using that thing for a while, probably years.
1: Dude, that's dope.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna stop doing Naga and like the good fight because I I'm I'm getting like kind of dissatisfied lately with competing in these in these events and uh, like even when I'm winning I'm kind of like ah yeah but you could have done better and you know every like every time I compete in like a local tournament and spend all that time you know heading up there and waiting around for hours it's like man you could just be getting better at jiu-jitsu right now so yeah. You know, I think I'm think I've kind of lost the love for doing these these big uh, brackets, but I'm still going to do probably grappling industries, and I'm really going to try to hit the uh, like the the promotions. You know, like Tap Cancer Out. that was so fun. Uh, Sochi Invitational in uh, Long Island, that was that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, how was that? Right, that was a really cool competition.
0: Yeah, yeah, freaking! Uh, I fought Patty Ice from 10th Planet um, because my opponent had a dropout for for health issues, and uh, Patty Ice is like a, a prodigy. He's he's like I he is he is fourteen years old. So I I had no idea that that was the case. I thought he was like seventeen or sixteen. Oh but, wow! Uh, yeah, so fourteen year old with heel looks allowed. I, I got I I got a toe hold, and um, I, I had no idea that I was performing a toe hold on a fourteen year old. So that was. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, jujitsu man, it's like these kids. It makes them eat their Wheaties or some shit. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, I just I had no idea though, the age difference of of competing against like a very young person like. And then uh the second match, uh that was your first toe hold, was, uh, right? By the way? way. Uh, Soul hold, yeah. Whew. And then the the second the second guy uh like like slapped me like really hard in the mouth <laughs> and uh like like, right, like I pulled guard and he just started like slapping me in the mouth this ain't like combat really you hard get too big.
1: Yeah, this ain't yeah, CJJ. CJ.
0: Yeah, I got the I got the heel look, but I was happy I got the heel look because I'm like, geez, this could just keep happening. Like the ref's not doing anything. <laughs> this I would probably just keep he probably just keeps laughing. I was like, damn.
1: Would you ever try and do uh, combat jujitsu later in your
0: mm? Uh, in- Dude, yeah, so I would totally be interested in that. That sounds interesting. And I, I always have been like thinking about going to MMA, but uh, you know, MMA is is a pretty big step away from like. You know i don't know how to strike and i don't know how to wrestle very well so i would love to take that journey into mma yeah. but like comedy seems like a cool little step up
1: yeah oh totally i think it would be good cause you don't need to be pro to be like an mma fighter too so in my opinion if you're training to do uh, cjj why not get one or two mma fights and a lot of people who yes. are in cjj don't have that um advantage you know, I even see a lot of people who are pros, um, Tom Glickio, even though he lost one and 1-1, he probably, yeah. you know, would be a lot harder for somebody who doesn't know how to deal with strikes in their jiu-jitsu. Because if you're getting punched, your jujitsu jitsu is a little bit different than normal. Gotta change it up. You know?
0: Yeah. I feel like I could get really badly hurt in an MMA fight, so I would want to, like, train for that, I guess, before getting in there. You know, train, like... MMA, you know, you get your you get your head kicked in and you know get a, get a concussion. Right. I don't want that. Because right. like you said, you have zero striking background. No, yeah, none. Mm. I, oh wait, no, I did Taekwondo when I was a kid. I did I did Taekwondo. Oh, so you could do some spin
1: so, kicks, or was that, was that? Yes,
0: I can still kind of get there, but not. <laughs> not we need to do more stretching, and uh, I think I want to start kicking again because I, I love Taekwondo. Yeah, it's a beautiful. And thing. I, I kind of just stop finding time for it.
1: I mean, that's the thing about martial arts. There's so many different art forms of it. It's just so beautiful. Like, I even, I recently had the privilege to uh, go to a gym that was a grand opening. It's it's actually Mike Raction. Shout out to Cool Rack. At Cool Rack, you can go. The Immortals. The Immortals Jiu-Jitsu. Led by the
0: Sultan himself.
1: Sultan of Strangles.
0: Sultan of Strangles here.
1: Yeah, that guy, he, he was awesome. But I had a privilege to hear Gordon Ryan himself. We're at a Taekwondo gym and Gordon Ryan's like, Yeah, oh, why not when am I gonna learn some spinning kicks and stuff? Like he was just oh fucking God. around and I was like dead on, what? Dead on impression,
0: of Gordon Ryan.
1: <laughs> I watch his Instagram like so much. You have, like you. Like you have no idea.
0: Yeah. But yeah, he was, I gotta he was definitely he was awesome. like,
1: like I was enamored with like how much somebody who's into jujitsu and grappling can appreciate and go like, yeah, no, I, that I would love to learn how to do some spinning shit, like some Taekwondo spin kicks.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Taekwondo yellow belt over here. So I'm the subject matter expert on this, <laughs> you know, I'm here for questions.
1: It is cool. I'll actually give you one up. Do you know that there's a, and it's not really well known in martial arts, but people do kind of know about it now. Tricking. Do you know anything about martial arts tricking?
0: That's like, you do like, That's like, like tricking as in like you do like impressive moves. Like you do like four spins in the air and then kick the pads. Yes, uh, and
1: except the pads um, aren't involved. No pads. There's guys out there uh, that can just do what gymnastics kind of does in gymnasts, but they add a take. It's usually at a Taekwondo gyms. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Good person to look up is basically a Michael Jordan of the sport is Michael Guthrie, and this dude. If you see this guy, there are no words to explain. Like you could say breakdancing, gymnastics, all this stuff, to make somebody understand what tricking is. But these dudes look like they're basically flipping in the air so much, it's like they're flying um yeah and if, i know like oh when are you gonna use that in a fight bro these guys spin so much if you don't know shit or if you're just a bjj guy they'll fucking hit you in the head
0: oh yeah yeah um scott adkins was i, th- I think has a background in, in kind of doing mm-hmm. yeah yep. he, he, totally. He, he, you know he, he does i think his own fight choreography and he, he has a lot of stuff in his arsenal like that you know the crazy stuff yeah. undisputed have you seen undisputed yes
1: yes the boycott
0: those those are some of the best like choreographed like martial art scenes ever and it's so perfect especially for modern see. movies
1: oh yeah especially yeah. for and the spin when he does the uh 540 or, yeah. or the kick the roundhouse kicks he's, oh it's so beautiful yeah. fucking boycott yeah. fucking Boyka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's so it's so unrealistic but like great it's <laughs> because it's like it's like raw but unrealistic Yo, like.
1: exactly yeah. that's what makes a great movie i yeah. think
0: I think a movie that's both raw and realistic for martial arts is a uh, man of Tai Chi. That's one of my favorite.
1: Oh, you just you just literally took a thing that I was going to ask you a question about. I thought oh, it was yeah. really interesting. I'm watching this kid's Instagram and he like, um, there's like a move he gets from man of Tai Chi, this Kung Fu movie and he uses it in a BJJ yeah. competition. Tell me that. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a Diashi, like, like a foot sweep. It's a, it's a foot sweep. Like, uh, but it was from like, I, the guy was behind me about to like pick me up and do it huge mat return the guy was huge uh we're actually really good friends right now um and uh but like w- we were meeting for the first time there uh competing and he was about to do it like a big mat return and i just took my foot and i stuck it behind his leg and he fell. he like fell over so that was i just i got that idea because the same thing happened in the movie <laughs>
1: dude how many, how many people could say they learned from a kung fu movie and used it in a competition I don't,
0: I don't know i don't know man that's dope the, you know those
1: movies are influencing all types of martial arts.
0: Yeah, I got to spend more time watching television. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's a waste of time. Just pick what you want to watch, bro. That's how I feel. Because you hear that for goddamn commercials. You don't want to hear that corporate shit. But uh, going back to like (laughs) kung fu movies, uh, with my martial arts brand, basically we're making a martial arts movie. And it's called The Artifact, where somebody gets like this artifact becomes twice as good at their martial arts or... Whatever, I'm gonna do a nutshell. I'm leave it literally
0: there. just like BBJ fanatics. That's like that's just DVDs. <laughs> Is that the artifacts?
1: You know, Bradley, where he has gone with a great DVDs, you know, you have the percentage off ho 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 for Christmas. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love love what what they've done. done. I think it's great, great. and I think it's great that they're expanding knowledge. The only only warning I have is is really a warning warning I give myself that I'm going to tell other people. You can get as many DVDs as you want, and you could flood your library, but that doesn't make you better. Sometimes so much to look over and so much to learn isn't going to make you grow. And what's better is to actually look at the moves you want to learn don't have a library have like a few dvds that you're gonna like learn most of the shit because because other than that you're flooding yourself with this ego or this like you know library overload and you never can get practically great at the techniques
0: oh yeah yeah definitely
1: like, how do you feel about that? How uh, how much BJ Fanatics stuff do you uh, watch, learn? Or- I, learned,
0: I learned literally, like, all my leg locks from, like, Craig Jones's Z-Guard encyclopedia. That was, like, where, where everything started. Nice. So... Yeah, so I'm very DVD. I'm, I'm one of those guys you're talking about. I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very, very, I've been very affected by DVDs. That's where like all my life 100% me too.
1: Yeah. I like, like, even you started I've, 10 years ago. Yes, yeah. we started yeah. off of doing 10 planet, planet, planet stuff in stuff. a DVD and then you're I went crazy. crazier. But basically, you're like, like I agree with all I'm that. All but crazy. what I'm saying yeah, is, I've got to the point where I've got so much uh, content and I realize I'm not going over it as much. So I think it just. Leave it to proficiency. Learn at least a great volume of something before you go buy something else.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, I mean, if you learn, like, you're probably going all over the place, right? You know, that's cool, too. But, you know, yeah. if you yeah. learned, like, say, two-thirds of Gordon Ryan's, like, passing thing, you know, instead of skipping all over, you would be like a monster at that, that sort of, you know, techniques.
0: yeah yeah sorry are you saying like don't like watch it in order no. it sounded like you're saying you watch it unless you have a base no no, to watch no it. I'm,
1: saying I'm saying learn saying. like proficiently majority of what it's telling you before you go on to something else and waste a lot of your money
0: oh yeah so don't just have a giant like library of stuff and not like sit down and take time to study it yes, like, exactly,
1: just- exactly,
0: 100%. 100%. that's cool
1: Otherwise, you're wasting hundreds of dollars to fucking fart around for the one thing that you bought. Or just listen to John H- Janner talk about the philosophy of triangles for two hours <laughs> instead of showing oh, yeah. you an actual yeah, drill. Yeah, and yeah, then you've and done, then you done nothing, nothing, you know, because you, you know, didn't put, you put, put any put applied any knowledge. knowledge. This is a triangle.
0: Like, you didn't, you didn't roll? Yeah, or exactly. You didn't...
1: Yeah. If you're watching so, uh, much, so, of so much of it, and you don't have, have A, a dummy, hand or B, a partner to go do that shit with, I think you've wasted a lot of money and you're just listening to it more than using applied knowledge. I mean, you have a probably way better skills of jujitsu than me. So you can actually watch stuff, pick it up and roll. But a lot of people who are like lower level, let's say, or even to other yeah, people think- at higher level, they don't have the mind for it. They're not going to like watch something only and be able to pull that off on high level guys.
0: Well, I, I really, I have the opposite experience. Like I, I'll watch like a long, long DVD. Like I watched like Craig Jones's Z-Guard and then a sale happened and i'm like oh my god kirk jones was so cool uh, i'm going to get down under leg and i saw all of that stuff without really getting the chance to roll i was watching those dvds when i i was i had a lot of work to do when i was watching those dvds wow. so i was doing yeah i was working nights i couldn't make it to practice but like i i would i you know i would roll and then it would just be part of my like game you know it would just it would just come up in the roll and then and then it would it would make sense to like go for it you know
1: right, so you're saying like literally I'm fucking wrong. Shut the fuck up. You watched it. I'm gonna be honest. You're yeah, gonna tell me like it hey, works. I don't, get,
0: I don't get how knowledge is like. I don't get. I don't get how you need to apply knowledge to retain it.
1: Well, something like so I feel like you just
0: like like, like you have me. the knowledge. Use it if you need to later. I don't get how the knowledge goes away if you don't apply it.
1: Well, it's just you know? it's just martial arts in general. If you're not like always fine tuning skills, you know, at least in my, I, I was like everything I'm saying is anecdotal for me, right? For you, well, like
0: come, to, like you have to come to practice to be able to do it in a match, yeah.
1: Like, say you I never have, did you a, leg a leg lock in your life, lock. but you just watched, just watched it on DVD. DVD. Like, yeah, you're gonna maybe yeah. you'll get a leg lock, but are you gonna get it on somebody who like is applying leg locks and knows that shit so well? You also have to apply that same type of skill set to get good at it, right?
0: Yeah, it's not a. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm, I, I suck. I don't know what, I don't know why I'm having trouble with this. <laughs> concept. <seconds. laughs>
1: no, it's okay. But I'm actually it just sounds like you. I love you, love
0: you. Unless you apply the knowledge, you don't understand like what you're like, you don't, un, you, you don't retain it or understand it.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Like,
0: okay. All right
1: i think that's cool that someone like you you're like dude i just watch it and i can fucking do it so
0: yes dude z guard down under leg attacks and then the grapplers guide i got the membership to the grapplers guide and i still keep going back to it it's a great website
1: nice nice
0: yeah lachlan giles and craig jones like really like i love how they explain stuff like in a really simple way you know
1: is it really the australian good? accent or are you actually like intrigued by it no i'm just kidding.
0: I do, lo- I, I do like the Australian accent, far superior to the New Zealand accent. Um, but uh, yeah, I like, um, I, I think like Dana here, when I watch like Dana here's YouTube videos, he talks in terms of like philosophy, which is really cool. You know, he makes these wide ideas that you can apply to jujitsu, which is like, I've ne- I never hear people do that, but like Lachlan Giles um, and his student, you know, Craig Jones, who, you know, guys, black belt from Lachlan Giles. I like, they kind of talk in this term of like sports science and like Lachlan Giles is a sports scientist. So here, hearing that is, is really, really cool. Like they'll, you know, they'll say like, Oh, I can get out of this position because you know, when you're and like, they'll, they'll, they'll like get up and it's like, you know, when you're like sprinting and you have to open your hips and like you do. And it's like, I don't know the way they explain stuff in relation to how the human body works, I think is, I just love that for some reason. I'm I'm like drawn to that. So well, is really, he, he's a
1: physical therapist, or he's some type of like you know he has a background with human anatomy, and knowing that, right? So that's yeah, yeah. cool as fuck.
0: He's a physical therapist with a PhD in like, yeah, he has a PhD now, and um, he did his like, like his uh essay, his thesis at the end of his PhD on uh, knee rehabilitation. So he's he's specialty in knees.
1: Which makes his leg locks probably super, super deadly, right?
0: Creepy. So creepy.
1: No, that shit's fucking dope. I have to go, speaking of which, now I have in my mind, I got to ask you. Like, all that funny shit you do with, like, editing. Like, I'm thinking of Lachlan Giles, like, thing you had with the, what year is it in Australia? And he's doing, like, the dabs <laughs> with his feet. You know, that was hilarious. The videos you do, I want to shout out to anybody watching this and want to check out uh, at the Alan Wrench on IG. I love the comedy. So where do you get that from? And like, just tell me why you do it.
0: Um, I was like immersed in like meme culture for a while growing up. So I love, I, I used to like love watching memes. Um, it's super boring to me now. Um, I, I like other stuff, but uh, I think what I kind of am touching is like absurdist comedy, like kind of everything's absurd. And the way that I edit some of these videos, which people enjoy is, like how fast and hard ridiculousness can just hit you like during your life. Like, you know, it's basically like how real life works, but just like sped up into a 60 second video, just like ridiculousness and chaos can just come in and, you know, ruin, ruin your life and just start, you know, life can just start stomping on your face or kicking you around or pulsating and you, your life could just improve for no reason. And you'll never know why it improved. You know, it's life is, is so weird and, violent with its changes but like we don't notice it because it's so like kind of gradual you know everything's very very gradual and you need to have patience to to see it so i I think that like like kind of what what makes it funny to people is like oh shit yeah this is what everything else is actually like it's just you know you just have to change some of the variables like every everything is really really changing all the time and like violent and funny and tragic and you know that I think that's why people enjoy some of the stuff that I post because it's it's I, I, it is it is an art it's a work of art it's a work of art that shows us our our lives and how how weird it actually is. Yeah. That's- but yeah, another another reason I, I like making those videos is because you know ab- absurdism points out um, why everything else that we do is actually absurd. Like because you know, your your whole life is kind of distracting from like important questions about, you know, like deep stuff that you could be thinking about, but instead you're like watching TV or, or you're distracting yourself with sports or working out or whatever. And it's like this whole series of distractions. So that's kind of, you, you know, um, a, a meme is funny partially because it's, a. Uh, it's a distraction that's marketed as a pure distraction. And it's like, you know, you could be, you know, there's no other reason to do, to like participate in this distraction other than to be distracted. And there's like an authenticity to that where other people tell you that you should watch stuff to like, I I don't know, improve your, like you're going to improve your life with a self-help course or you're going to watch the football game and, and become more close to your friends because now everybody knows how, how football works and you're, or you're keeping up with the, the new iPhone, you know, these like distractions that we have that are marketed that are falsely marketed, like, you know, uh, you know, the meme, the meme makers were offering distractions that are purely marketed as distractions and that takes away from the legitimacy of everything else, which is revealed to be a distraction. You know, kind of when you when you think about it as a distraction, right? Because you know? they're
1: all they're all distractions to make money. But the meme stuff is like a positive uh, distraction, you know, because your 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 guard yeah. is down.
0: It's a distraction that attacks all other distractions, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's like Batman. If you want to <laughs> defeat fear, you must become fear. You know, <laughs> you must if you conquer fear, you must become fear itself. Fear with the only purpose of conquering fear. That's, that's interesting. And yeah, I'm obsessed with stuff like that too. You know, like the idea of like facing your fears just in the purpose of conquering them, you know, not being scared because of some fake reason you have to be scared. It's like, you're, you're being scared just to be scared now, you know, you're asserting fear into your life so that you can conquer it easier in the future.
1: Well, that's what I love about comedy. It makes you deal with the uncertainty of life or fear, as they call it. You um, know, yeah. Who are some of your favorite comedians, by the way? Because I almost um, called you by accident before going on this. I was like, don't call him Eric Andre, even though I don't like that guy. But like, that's that went through my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, Eric's Eric's great. He's a little bit like, like he he kind of misses the mark a lot. And I I used to love Eric Andre's stuff, but it, like you really see one episode and you see, you see them all, you know, it's not right. So, uh, yeah, I like he's, he's cool. Um, comedians, man, I don't like, uh, like if I see something funny, it's going to be on like a gaming channel or like a live stream or some, some organic, you know, performance art that that just kind of comes out of people messing around. I, I don't like seeing a comedy central video with like 2 million views on it of like, Tom Segura at a bar, dude, listen to my fucking crazy trip that I had. I was tripping on Uh Ketamine and like (sighs) everyone's looking at this literal clown. Like it's literally like, that's not what comedy used to be. It's like, it's like clowns now. People are just showing how drunk and fat and hopeless and, you know, selfish they can be on stage. And like, that's like funny to people. It's, like, it's not like pointing out anything. It's just you're just a clown, you know? You just become a clown, and you're, like, a professional clown now. You're paid to be,
1: you know, just it's not stupid. leaving you with a different thought that you had
0: before. Yes,
1: because yeah. that was the whole point of, like, George Carlin and, like, Bill Hicks and, and stuff like that. They'd give you not yeah. just a joke, but it's an idea.
0: George Carlin attacked everything about, like, what everybody believed. And <laughs> yeah. Everything. Needed, you know? I, Bill Hicks is great. Um... Somebody that I liked a lot was uh and this is kind of like bleeding into this comedy central thing, but um what is this guy? Doug Stanhope. That guy has some existential stuff <laughs> about he's, that that's he's that great. was a, yeah, I was obsessed with that guy for a while. He
1: might not be everybody's cup of tea, but <laughs> no. he's that raw, like, I'm not your average comic, like a fucking man, fuck you kind of guy.
0: Yeah, Louis C. K. got cancelled, but before that, like I liked in his early career, that was, like...
1: So I see what you're saying. Like, like, yeah, I, honestly, I used to do stand-up comedy for good, like, many, many years. And I see the shift, too. I see the shift from, like, the Louis C.K., Doug Stanhope kind of ideas to, like, hey, I'm just fucking drunk and, like, this happened. It's like, of course that happened because uh, you're fucked up and you did, it, you did that event on purpose. Like, I see what you're saying. There's no, like, that's being a clown. It's not like you had actual substance or you went on vacation and yeah, something cool happened or whatnot.
0: Yes. You know, it, it used to be like, like the best comedians used to come on stage and like shit on the entire audience. Yes. Like, yes. You know, shit on the country that they're in or the city, you know, like Bill Burr in that Philadelphia special. That was the funniest thing ever. He like, he just told everybody in Philly to go die. And like, he hopes that they get like <laughs> in a traffic accident. It's like, you know, that very dark stuff that he's directing at the audience, but like the new comedians, they just direct all the humor at themselves. It's like, Oh, look, I'm just a drunk well you know it's like you're doing like the audience is enjoying it because the audience can look down on them and think that they're doing better than the comedian you know
1: yeah it's an easy escape of self-deprecation in that way
0: yeah yeah like dopey fat single white guy with a neck beard <laughs> and just dress like shit with food on his t-shirt that's like literally what a lot of these like comedy central people are
1: and I don't get it because it wouldn't work as a normal guy. Like, that guy wouldn't get laid or be cool. But because you're a comedian, you got that platform, like, fucking food on the shirt. The neck beard that's braided, all that shit's cool.
0: The neck the neck beard that's braided?
1: I saw that once.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like...
1: <laughs> it wasn't on a comedian, but I saw some dude in, like, just in the public. And I was Se- like, what the fuck?
0: Self-deprecating comedy is, it's like, the lowest, cheapest form of comedy, honestly. Like when you just get on stage and self deprecate and talk about how much you suck. Cause it's like, what I think about those people is they're just scared to offend the audience. They don't want to attack anybody else or scared of an actual joke.
1: Yeah. Oh, because yeah. the whole point is nobody's safe. Like Even like now, aside from what you're saying too, is like political ideology. Like as a oh. true comic, I don't give oh, yeah. a fuck what your political ideology is. Carlin was all neutral. He didn't care who was president. He made fun of the president and the fucking runny. He didn't choose sides. Who are you talking about? Carlin. He didn't choose sides. Oh. I think that's the way comedy should be. You should never take a political affiliation. You should always be well, Car- neutral. Carlin was very
0: left wing. He was very, very left wing. If you listen to his stuff, the only thing that like could be interpreted as like sort of bashing the left is like he talked about people being too sensitive, you know. But he, he was a very left wing guy.
1: I'm not really left or right but like you know there's certain things that are right on the left there's certain things that are right on the right you know like I'm not one of those paradigm people I think he hit it right like even like Joe Rogan I think it's a very central idea of like taking both good from both sides
0: well there's a confusion about the political left and the political right where like you have like left wing and right wing you know we're so immersed in bullshit now you can't even talk about facts without being put on a left or right wing yeah, exactly section. and i hate that so, the left and the right is about opinions you know it's about you know nationalism versus like global egalitarianism that's basically it that's like it's an opinion-based thing so if i say something is if i say joe biden faked the election or whatever or messed with the election that's not a right-wing statement to make that's a statement of that is a statement asserting a fact which may or may not be true right like, you can't there's no, such, there's no such thing as a right-wing, like, fact, you know? And people have that confusion all the time. It's it's crazy.
1: And, and it sucks as soon as you say something. People are like, oh, you're this. And, like, the truth oh, yeah. is, like, all because somebody may have that opinion, that doesn't mean that's their their complete ideology of the way they see the eyes through the world on everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. That happened with, uh, like, Lindsey Graham recently. Like, he's a very left-wing person who's always been on the left. And he came out and supported like Kavanaugh and he asserted that like this behavior was totally like out of whack and not normal for people to do. And it, like obviously politically motivated behavior and Lindsey Graham got boxed into the right, even though he didn't say any right or left wing opinions, you know, it's it crazy.
1: All, of, all that is politics is just Hollywood for ugly people. That's what I say.
0: Well, I, I care about politics. I care about, I care. About I didn't people. say I didn't
1: care about it. I said, it's, I said, it's Hollywood for ugly people. Like all those people are control freaks, crazy motherfuckers. Like, well, anyway, I don't want to get on a tangent, but yeah. I completely see how, like the way you see comedy and the way you see that, um, I can see it through your memes. Cause you're not like taking it through everybody else's like practicality. You're not going, Oh, I get my, my way I do videos from, from a uh, Carlin or from this comedian. You're like, dude, I just see some funny shit on a switch stream or just in life. And that's my comedy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's just funny, funny stuff to notice in life, you know. So if I if I see it, I'll I'll just clip it and repeat it over and over to some music, you know.
1: Yeah, like I think that's still, that's, that's fucking cool, man. Um, yeah. so also your little Toninism things you do, I love the leg locks. I know you met Gary Tonin one time. Do you like? What did you learn? What, let's just talk about leg locks in general. Like you got into them when? Were you always part? They weren't always a part of your game.
0: I watched Craig Jones's highlight of EBI fourteen before I like. I don't don't know if I had already started or like I barely started, but I watched Craig Jones perform at EBI 15, EBI 14 in a, in a highlight reel. And I just got obsessed with like, I had no idea what a leg lock was or what he was doing with those, with those heel looks. So that's what made me like get interested in them. I watched like Craig Jones on YouTube and then uh, that was the first DVD I bought Craig Jones's Z guard encyclopedia. And you know, I was a white belt getting kind of stuck in this lockdown half guard phase of like trying to win the rolls all the time and not letting anybody move, keeping them in lockdown, and trying to go for the electric chairs. But uh, like Craig Jones definitely opened my, uh, my, like, like that watching that DVD really like made me step out of this, this sort of limited game that I was in. Cause I was, I was very impatient with like learning at class because you, you don't learn a lot, you know, you learn how to do an arm bar and I never even get the chance to do an arm bar because I can't even, you know get out of mount yet you know but yeah so i had like a real guard that i had you know at that point that was like my first real guard that i could play is is uh knee shield half guard and then the leg locks man those were just straight up on the internet like craig jones grapplers guy that was that's where they all came from the internet and then uh i got to train with People like kyle chambers and kyle Baim in uh 10 planet oceanside and, and they just help me you know get my leg locks better
1: yeah you wouldn't normally think 10 planet unless you're like in a 10 planet school that they're that good at leg locks everybody's thinking of the rubber guard everybody's thinking of like you know the twister
0: yeah yeah i think henzo gracie is is like the best at leg locks still like i don't think anybody's even come close yet
1: do you think like uh, does Tent Planet just like the coach in his version of leg locks, or are they systematic kind of like uh, Danaher's system?
0: Yeah, every everyone who's good at leg locks is going out with Danaher, like whether they admit it or not. You know, they'll, they even use all the even in
1: Tent Planet, that's what I meant.
0: Well, they say like Honey Hole, but like it, it all comes from Danaher. You know, all the influences. It's it was a it was a huge new thing. You know, uh, the stuff that he and Eddie Cummings did together it really, really dictates what everybody else is doing, whether it's like mimetic and like people don't know that that's where it comes from. But like, if you learn it, it I think it almost definitely came from that gym, you know?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. So that, that was like one of the single biggest things to happen to jujitsu technique is like his whole leg lock thing coming out,
1: you know? So I'm going to ask you, uh, what are like some of your biggest what are your goals for grappling? What's your end game? Do you see yourself in bigger competitions?
0: Yes, I want to be in bigger competitions. I want to be in bigger competitions. I want to compete, and I want to get to a place where I can like actually like make some money competing. That's uh, that would be so great, you know, um, because I love competing, and I aspire to be a better competitor. And uh, you know, I do have the faith that if I stay in the sport long enough, you know, even if that doesn't happen for me i could you know be a coach i could get a black belt and become a coach but i really just want to do jujitsu all day because i love it so much you know that's that's my end goal is to be able to do jujitsu like all day all the time
1: that's that's a beautiful way to think about it and you know with that you never know where it takes you can take you to abu dhabi you can take you to ebi you never know
0: yes and uh you know what's important is enjoying the journey because if you have goals and you don't enjoy the journey and then your goals get shot down, you they just, it just, it's just, it's just so soul destroying, you know?
1: Never focus on the goal. Right. So I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Just focus on your journey with jujitsu. Don't think of your competition or anything that's like mind heavy. Like that, that quote it's about the journey, journey, not the, not the destination.
0: Yes. Me, 20, 2020, I, I said that quote. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's originally from the Allen Wrench. If you guys want to go check out uh, the Allen Wrench on Instagram, just at the Allen Wrench for Andre Allen. And if anybody's looking to have some challenges with BJJ, no money down, just a respect of the art, contact us. I'll now. do
0: a bet match. I, I'm willing to do a bet match for like 50 bucks if a blue or a purple belt wants to take me on. So, yeah.
1: Dope. Boom. There you go. And if you guys – Definitely want to support him. Go and do that. If you guys liked anything you saw today, don't feel afraid to try and check out the Warrior Republic MMA website. We're gonna have rash guards. I got cool shirts like this and supporting fighters. Thank you so much, Andre Allen, the Allen Ranch. Thanks, man, for coming on.
0: Can I throw something on? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I just want to announce that we, I like my page, is officially partnering with. Transcendent Labs, the supplement company. So if you wanna use a promo code Wrench at Transcendent Labs, that money is actually going to go to me. I will actually get money from that if you do that. So this is the first promo code where I'm actually getting paid if you use it. So Support if you wanna get man. some stuff, go to Transcendent Labs. They're giving me free gear. They're a great company. I would recommend them highly.
1: Awesome, man. I love that too, supporting the fighter. Thanks a lot, man. You have a great, great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. All right, man. Peace.